The following podcast has been brought to you by Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Rival Mania show probably brings to you. I am not the angel of DustXXL, but he will be on a hiatus for a while. But I am taking his place. I am your former nine-time Rival Mania heavyweight champion, Hazel the Eye Zombie. Joining me, as always, even though it's his show. There yes, you go. that that would be me, your current nine-time reigning, defending, undisputed. Ramblemania champion of this, that, those, all the worlds within the multiverse. TJ the Great. TJ the Great. Yes, this is the Banter Club. But of course, as this man Hazel just explained, one half of the Banter Club is out of commission for the time being. He's okay. He's fine. It's just, you know. Yeah, I cursed this technological issue. Yeah. <laughs> Dan Housen style. His laptop written could put. Due to a curse, but he will be up and running in no time. Yes, just you, just you white. Uh-huh. Um, but of course, here on the Banter Club, we discuss that AEW Dynamite on the Hose Network. You know, I've got hoes. Yes, we got them hoes. They out there in the Maria Codes, still mm-hmm. away in instructions, and now the six is on a break. They still got to wait another week, so we're gonna get back yeah, to yeah. Of course, before we talk Dynamite, we talk little bits of news in and out and about the world of pro wrestling. And as ever in 2022, there's a lot that's going on. Um, Let's start at the top. Uh, Let's get the nastiness out of the way first, actually. Uh, Is this the Vince stuff? Are we going back to the Vince stuff again? He's second. Oh, he's second. So what's the first yeah, thing? I want to get the nasty, all the all the nasty out of the way, and he's nasty, but he and the, he, not as nasty as what's going on with Chris Dickinson. Oh um, man, what the yes. hell? Uh, if you haven't heard, Chris Dickinson has recently been under fire and been accused of uh, domestic abuse by basically two ex girlfriends of his, one of which was Christina Von Erie, who. I heard about this months ago. This is being brought back again, huh? Yeah, because now Chris Dickinson is filing a defamation lawsuit against them. Ooh. So, yeah, he's basically saying that they sent out to, you know, intentionally harm his character and and his career uh, with what he is saying there are false accusations. So... uh, It's getting heavy, heavy now because if, if... I think Chris Dickinson has only wrestled a couple of times since those allegations dropped. Like, he pulled out of GCW. Um, yeah, and he was a guy that also wrestled with Ring of Honor for a while, and he stood there until, like, it, it was, you know, on his last doors, and then they were gone. Uh, last time, I, I I think I remembered he was wrestling for the uh, – what was it? I think it was nothing other than NWA, the United Wrestling Network. I think he was on that. And I think the other thing, I think he was on an episode of um, New Japan Strong recently. I think he was on. Yeah. Strong, yeah. That's where he, that's where he's mainly been since he's been uh, since he's been with the uh, t- uh, Team Filthy Faction. 
Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, even with that, you know, his 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 output lately has been reduced because of these allegations. Yeah. And, um, it's serious stuff, and it's even more serious now that he's willing to take this to you know court. It seems like. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be a, a bumpy situation for him and uh, Christine. It already has been and for Christina Von Erie, who, whoever is telling the truth in this situation. It's like it's it's nasty either way now. Like it's super nasty now. And so, you know, and here's he, a here's a guy that's actually you know standing up for himself. You know, fi- uh, fighting this case. You know, when when. When it was brought up around 2020, the whole speaking out thing, no guy couldn't defend themselves after that. It was just like, oh, once it was once this was out there, you're fucked. But you, here we have a guy like Chris Dickinson, like all these like heinous acts and remarks that were being said about him online are being put out there. And here he is, you know. I'm not gonna say he's taking a stand for himself because I'm not gonna I'm not sitting here and supporting what yeah, we what don't know what here. the truth is. We like yeah, we don't know what the truth is, but also there's we too also have a zero tolerance with like sexual assaults and yeah, you know, all that other type of shit. So we gotta look at this from a very thin line. It's very difficult on how to look uh, how to look at Chris Dickinson now as a human being. The same thing that I that I said with with Joey Ryan uh, a couple weeks ago when we found out that he got fired from Disney. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's gonna it's gonna take a while. But even you know, even if he did these you know heinous acts as a as a different person, a different persona, a different name, you're still the same person. The minute you take those trunks off, so yeah, like and Chris Dickinson, like I talked about it with Six when we first talked about the story, like. I was a guy I liked. I thought he was very talented. He's been around it. Like we've seen Chris Dickinson wrestle at, at, at local indies. So it's 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 an unfortunate situation that this is true about him because you know, again, like yeah, he, he said, even he even had his own faction in Ring of yeah. Honor, Violence Unlimited with yeah. Tony Depp and I think it was Homicide. Yeah, yeah. Homicide was in that. Yep. Yeah. I pushed him in TEW, man. <laughs> but I don't know, man. It's an unfortunate situation there. So we'll see what comes of that. Um, now yeah. let's get to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. 19.6 or $8 million That's now. where we're at now. Two five, more payments found. $5 million. Yep. Payments added least- to $5 million. Um. Again, just like these these prior payments in, in that SEC filing that WWE came out with, um, just like before, they have determined that these are payments that should have been recorded in the company's financial statements, which is why this is now coming out and which is why this is adding up to this massive bill that he has to pay back to the company. Yep, because out of his these, own pocket. Yeah, because these are expenses that technically count as company expenses because of the nature of... Like, you know, the women getting raises and things like that. And, you know, hush money, all that, all those types of things uh, are, are coming back to to bite Vince. And as as it, it feels like every time <laughs> these one of these things comes out, you always hear the journalists go, but there's still more to come because Real Sports has a story. Variety has another story like. All these outlets and independent journalists are uncovering more and more and more of the dirt. So, you know, what someone told me um, 
I think this was last month before Vince resigned or had to retire. Someone basically told me, what if the Wall Street Journal was bluffing this whole time about, oh, there's more coming soon just to get Vince out of office? <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> but it's already too late. Like they, they did it. They got him out of office. But he, there's, there's still more shit. Yeah, there's still more to come, man. And I it's, mean, it, it's, oh my God. I was going to say, the walls are have sort of crumbled around Vince and his in, invincibility over over the decades because, you know, with him retired and out of the way and, and not running WWE, like, everybody is saying, like, you know, he's not running it from the shadows. He's not, you know calling and giving them telling them what to do like yeah everyone kept putting that theory out there like oh just because he's out of the company doesn't mean that like he's not calling his daughter or his son-in-law telling him oh do this 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 and that no he's done he's yeah and i mean i understand it because i would have thought the same thing too like man it's vince he's gonna find a way to get himself back in but now it's gotten to the point where legally he cannot yeah he has to be gone so legally, there's there's no other option. There's no shadow running. There's no nothing. Vince is out of the way. So with that wall down, it feels like more and more and more dirt that has been kept quiet about him over the years is going to rise up to the forefront. I I'm just, honestly, I'm just happy that this whole situation, you know, broke out because it was only a matter of time before Vince McMahon was going to be gone from this whole entire industry. Whether if it was something that he was being blackmailed for or something that someone leaked out on the internet. And the minute this this one thing leaked out on the internet, I was like, oh man. We all I think we all said it was like, oh man, this is not gonna look good for Vince. This is not mm-hmm. gonna look good. And then more stories kept coming up and then the money just kept adding up and adding up and adding up. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Oh, man. Yeah, this is it. This is this is finally it. Yeah, man. It, it don't matter how powerful you are. You keep piling skeletons in the closet. Eventually, the door going to crack open. Man, all I'm going to say is, Vince McMahon, why didn't you just fucking fuck prostitutes? Why did you have to fuck your employees? <laughs> If you could have just hired a couple of prostitutes for you to fuck and for you to enjoy, none of this shit would have happened. You would have been fucking fine. I mean, this not is not wrong. It's not a, it's not an incorrect assessment. If you really just was trying to get freaky, then yeah, but not with the people that you work with. That oh my no, and it probably would have run you a lot less money than you're going to be paying at this point. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know you. You know, you could have, you could have not, you don't have to pay for high end class hookers. You, you could have paid for your, your usual, like your hookers at Hunts Point or all the other dumb <laughs> but he, Even if you wanted to, I don't think like high class women would, would come up to $20 million at this point. Uh, well, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to buy an escort online or if you're trying to buy some mail order bride, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking crazy. But still, Vince, you could have just you could have just paid a hooker, and you could have gotten away with it if it wasn't for these fucking journalists <laughs> and their damn dog. 
But yeah, uh, Amari Miller. Do you, do you remember Amari Miller from NXT? Oh, yes. I know about this. So there have been some controversial tweets that she had posted, but she deleted them. But, you know, the toxicity of the goddamn Twitter shows that even if you posted them and deleted them, someone might have screenshot them. Yeah, it's on the Internet. It's there forever. Yeah, I got to learn that. I got this from Russell Talk, and I think I have some more info from, like, uh, Russell Inc. Let me do the Russell Talk one first because I think they have the tweets here. Uh, NXT star Amari, uh, Amari Miller deleted her uh, Twitter account after controversial Shasha, Sasha Bank comments caused a huge backlash. Sasha Banks has been in the headlines due to late on her ongoing speculation about her WWE return following her walkout on the company in May. However, comments made by NXT talent has caused her has caused the name to be discussed yet again. So Amari uh, took to social media today to praise Athena and set a goal for her career, tweeting Ember Moon being the first and only African-American NXT Women's Champion, basically, you know, her being, you know, one race, being only black. I, I, NXT goal, uh, let's make it two. Fans were to basically go and respond to this woman, correct her, stating that, you know, Sasha Banks is also African-American, but Armari responded with, you know, Sasha is German, and black, I said African American, full, full on African American people. I mean, honestly, like who who do you who do you put at fault here? Do you put the fans at fault for trying to correct Amari Miller on a comment that she wrote on Twitter? Amari Miller her? is a hundred percent in the wrong. And the really? second tweet is where she went wrong. She could have easily just said, "Oops, I forgot, Sasha. I'm sorry," but. Fuck, man. Let me let me let me let me clarify. Okay. Black is black. Yes. If you're if you're if you're half mixed, if I'm black and white or black and Puerto Rican or black and Japanese, whatever, whatever. Yeah. If you're black and whatever, you're still black. Yeah. That that blackness is in your genes, it's within you, it's, it's you're black. And I hate when people do as as a black person i hate when people do the whole you know qualifiers to be black thing especially when so many of us who are mixed still ultimately live that same experience like people people in the street ain't gonna see you different if you got you know skin like ours yeah exactly what that they ain't gonna care what you mix with they're gonna see a black person so sasha banks is absolutely a black NXT women's champion alongside Ember Moon, Athena. Um, do I think that fans go too far in this stuff? Yes, absolutely. Especially when it's Twitter. They take especially it when it's Twitter and far. especially when it's the Sasha Banks fandom, because that's that's the beehive of wrestling right there. You can't yep. you can't mess with them. They go crazy. Um, but it is, it is something that I, I, I do think that I think Amari Miller was wrong for saying that and it, it was a mistake on her part. But I don't think it's worth, you know, calling for her head over. Like, it's it's just it's a teachable moment. Just that's not something you say as, as a black person with 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 all our struggles going on living in this country. Since you want to talk about African-American, do you really want to add to the division with shit like that? 
shouldn't want to. So, but I mean, I'm I'm not mad at her or nothing like that. I just think she made a mistake. Yeah, so. like and people make mistakes sometimes. It's also the saying, like you know, think think before you say sing, think before you say things. Also, think before you type. Yes, because you know, though though if there's one, you could type one thing, you could type one positive thing, but it could be one word, one sentence, one paragraph that's gonna offend someone. Malachi Black. He had posted this thing on uh, TikTok, I think it was. Yeah, I'll um, be on a TikTok like that, so I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I, don't, I don't know what goes on. <laughs> so this just trickled down through all the news cycles, but he had been recently dealing with a back injury that was apparently really bad. Like he had taken like a year of treatment that he had did a bunch of different things with doctors that that just weren't working and. He, he felt like he was going to end up retiring because of it. But only recently, he just went back to the doctor and then uh, they were able to, um, I think it was a dry needling session, he said. Yeah, dry needling session. Wow. Where they were able to um, hit the right spot on the vertebrae, I guess, and the fluid released. And I guess he said the healing process was able to begin and now... He's, he's, he's he feels a lot better and he's going to be able to get back to the ring. So if you're one of the people wondering, like, you know, because I know a lot of people have been wondering lately, what's up? Why have they not been using Malachi Black as much lately? And I guess because he's been dealing with a really bad back injury. I mean, I, I like the fact that, you know, we don't have to know what everyone's dealing with in professional wrestling. Like some guys like to keep that secret. Some guys just don't like that to be exposed, but either way, it's like, if you don't want it to be exposed, it's going to end up being exposed either way because you either told someone and that person told some other person and that person told that person and that person told that person, that person told their cousin, that cousin told Dave Meltzer. (laughs) That's how it happens. Yeah. That's just how it happens. This is how dirt sheets get passed around. It's like, it's 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 just a disease that does not that's incurable okay and it just keeps going on and on this is why i respect that like we didn't hear about like you're just now telling me about i didn't know anything about this i had no idea and i watch AEW, and i would know immediately what the fuck's going on with half of these guys because half of these guys are either 100 or really on the verge of fucking fatigue. Yeah, most of the injuries we hear about, so... Yeah, because most of these injuries are coming from these crazy-ass gimmick matches. These guys <laughs> doing crazy-ass fucking spots. I mean, it's AW. What would you expect? What, what, I mean, honestly, people, what were you expecting from AW? A sports-based product where, you know, it, it would fulfill your every needs? Maybe, but not all the time. You were going to get some crazy shit here that you know, could probably kill these guys. That is the gift and the curse of AEW. They they like variety. They like to present a bunch of different things in their in their presentation. So you're gonna get you're gonna get technical wrestling. And you're gonna get some hardcore shit. And you're gonna get some flippy shit. Shit. This show is a great example of of that actually. Yep. Um, but uh, with that, there's one thing left here, and that's the rating. Yes. We, you have your rating, and I have my ratings for Raw. Oh, yes, yes. yes. So, Dynamite rating, they averaged 972,000 viewers, which is up 3% from last week. 
And in 1849, Key Demo, a 3-3 rating, which is also up 3%, and good for number one on cable for the night. So yet another week of number one for AEW Dynamite. Uh, Good make what you will of it only being up 3%, but I mean, still number one on cable. I think that's like seven out of the last eight weeks they've been number one, so it's a, it's a good streak for them. Yeah, and for Wednesdays it has been, but for Raw also it has been growing strong over the past two weeks under the McMahon-Helmsley regime 2.0 era, and you know, despite it being a strong show this Monday, the ratings went down. 9.6 million viewers on Monday drew a five a, a 0.54 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. From the, it's still pretty good from last week when it hit 2 million. Yeah. 2 million was just the start of like, you know, all the minor changes that they were doing. And the only reason why they got the 2 million mark was because they went commercial free for that one whole hour in the beer in the beginning of the show, just to get everyone back on the edge of their seat again, preparing them for like, you know, good wrestling. This one was the same thing. You know, hour one hit a 1.9 million viewers going into hour two. It hit 2.05. And then, you know, hitting the, the third hour, which is, which is the one part where people just get tired and are not really interested in. It went down. It went 1.87 million viewers. It's not a bad viewership. At least this, uh, again, under Triple H, the shows have gotten, you know, I'm not saying back to its full potential, but it's getting its potential back to becoming watchable for people who have walked away from it years ago. And then... If, if this trend continues, then it shows that what Triple H is doing is working in terms of bringing people back because Raw's been at the floor for a while now. Yeah. So it's only Raw, it's nowhere to go but up. With that said, it's about time to light the fuse and bring the boom. Did somebody say boom? Oh, you damn right. <sighs> TJ. Are you ready? Uh, I'm feeling like I'm ready. Feeling like I'm ready. Well, I'm ready too. Well, for the thousands in attendance, minus six, it doesn't equal a thousand. And for the millions watching at home, all of you submitted to the approval of the Banter Club. This is the tale of the returning Lionheart. Like Without further ado, let's get ready to banter! AEW Dynamite, Quake by the Lake. And I Whatever still scratch the... my head on that. <laughs> Fuck it. Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> well, do they have quakes? Do they have earthquakes in Minneapolis? It's it's Minneapolis, Minnesota is where it is. So I guess yeah, there's, there's a lot of lakes in Minnesota, Minneapolis, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of lakes, but I want to know if there's quakes or earthquakes. Like, do they have a quarry? Well, I guess I guess AEW is the one bringing the quake. We're bringing we're bringing the ruckus. I mean, you know, when I think of quake by the lake, I I think I think of like old territorial commercials from fucking eighties. <laughs> Do you want to see a coffin match between two you know, big stars? 
Do you want to see a dinosaur take on a jobber? Or how about, would you like to see the return of Lionheart debut on a new promotion? Well, we got the show for you. It's called Quake by the Lake. Only $29.99. Call your local cable provider now. That's and it just be like 1-800-AEW-LAKE. Again, that's 1-800-AEW-LAKE. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to find Chris Farley and his Matt, and his Matt Foley gimmick in a van down by the fucking river. <laughs> Yo, I watched... That, that would be a, a fucking 80s ad for AEW. I, I, AEW you know, should have been alive in the territory days. <laughs> wise I watched... Um, You know, Vice likes to come out with their documentaries, and sometimes they put out really good documentaries. They came out with Dark Side of the Ring, and then they did the 90s one. And then they did the did the one with football, and I'm like, who gives a fuck about fucking football? We know they all have CTE. Who cares at this point? <laughs> well... But no, the uh they did a dark side of comedy, and this one is about Chris Farley. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of weird, you know, watching a lot of the Chris Farley stuff, and then watching that series. I'm like, ooh, I did not know that Chris Farley was that kind of guy. Yeah, there's a lot of dark shit going on with comedians. I guess that's a part of being funny, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I I didn't even know that comedians dealt with pain. I thought your pain was talk about your personal life on stage for everyone to laugh at. Yeah, it always is though. It's deeper than we know. Yeah. But, uh, starting this dynamite off, we got a goddamn coffin match: Darby Allen versus Brody King. Brody comes on down to the ring. This man is painted up, looking ready to kill. And he awaits his opponent. But Darby just flies in and attacks him from Rip. Yeah, he top. just came through the fucking crowd. Yeah, Darby was like, fuck this. It's free smoke tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then he grabs the uh skate, he grabs the skateboard with the thumbtacks on it. So Darby is really out here trying to murk this man. He wants revenge. He just literally grabs the skateboard, goes for the sternum, then the face and the back, and then, you know, 20 seconds later, the blood. I thought I was watching a World Wrestling Council show. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. damn, Carlos, how many? <laughs> we're, we're the first opener, and already people are bleeding. What the hell? And Brody got bloody here, man. He bled a gusher. Um, and, and and all it does is piss him off because <laughs> he just he cracks Darby, then just grabs the skateboard and says, "Get this shit the fuck out of here!" And he breaks it, uh, and Darby comes right back on him, continues the attack. Uh, they go back in. Darby hits this big avalanche, code red. Like Brody King is bleeding so much that when he the chops- blood is like pouring everywhere. That's the crazy part. The chops also, it's just like... He chops Darby, and there's a big-ass blood spatter on Darby's chest. Exactly. With a handprint on it. <laughs> and not only that, like, throughout, throughout, like, after that whole chop, you could see all the extra blood splatter that this man has on his back, on Darby's back, on his right. shoulders. And I'm like, did you do that to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, this was a night of... <laughs> If I'm bleeding, I'm cutting deep because <laughs> we're going to talk about it later, too. But. Oh, man. <laughs> um, 
So Brody, Brody King brings out a table and the crowd pops big. There's the camera catches this woman going crazy. Like <laughs> Taz that, goes, she must be a ride at a picnic. That fan was excited to see some she to see came some to see, nonstop she was action. A Dudley. <laughs> I think JR said that she a Dudley. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh the day JR goes full wrestling troper and is like. Don't worry, that table will be used at some point. <laughs> there was one table, like Brody King takes out a table from under the ring. He sets it up. He takes out another table while he's setting it up. One of the legs just gave up. Yep. <laughs> it just gave <laughs> it up. Just, it's like, how you bring nothing to the table when I'm the table? <laughs> Flat. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at it just like, I'm. Fucking whatever he kicks it like, away. Yeah, the he crowd kicks that away. So I just like, you gotta boo the guy that made it, bro. <laughs> uh Brody goes up top for a dive. He sets Darby up and tries to dive on him through the table, but Darby moves. This man crashes and burns. Um, <laughs> so then Darby sets up for another dive, but the lights go out. And when the lights come on, the, the house, house has arrived. Black. Darby goes for uh, a, a whip over the ropes, and then we see Julia Hart come out from under the ring, yanks him mm-hmm. right off. Then uh, fucking Ray Ripley's boyfriend runs in and, and attacks this man. <laughs> Buddy Matthews is back. Uh, crowd starts chanting for Sting. Uh, Brody fucking cannonballs Darby to oblivion through a table in the corner. This oh shit is nasty. I'm like, you know, take... Fucking Nikita Lyons needed to learn from this man Brody King because she did oh, the I same. Oh, I saw sh- that. Yeah, <laughs> it was horrible. Yeah, no. And it, 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 poor girl, she she young in the business, uh, but poor girl was trying to pull herself up, and it only made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was more worried for her neck because, it, it, like, yo, yeah, she got she one, hanging on the ropes and shit. Sli- yo, one slip up, she would have just like yeah. dropped. It's like, oh no, girl, she was just backed out of that. <laughs> it was not great. Oh, man, she's young. She'll she'll be okay. She'll do yeah, better. Yeah, she will. Um, uh, but Brody, he takes Darby over to the coffin. He opens up the coffin. It's Sting! I remember when Jr. told me uh, when Jim Ross told me this shit. Oh, I remember when someone comes out of a box, they get over. Like, bro, this is two thousand and two. <laughs> like, who's coming out of boxes, bro? Like, sir. <laughs> That that caught me off guard. I was just like, you know what? It's Sting. This is a guy that will wear a fucking mask of himself, take it off, and just reveal that it was him the whole time. It, it, it works every time. <laughs> it like, works every time. How how many more tropes can they do with Sting? Like what what snacks? You're gonna well, no, they did the whole turning off the lights thing and he just popped up. Yep. He takes out Buddy, takes out Brody, then he enters the ring. Malachi sitting in the corner. He, he approaches him and then slides him the bat. Like, how about you use that? I dare you. Oh, yeah. Notice how, like, you know, when we saw Sting come out of the coffin, he had, you know, a different type of oh, marking yeah, yeah, yeah. on his face. You know, after he was, you know, after he got black missed by Malachi Black, I think it was like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that. Yeah, he's got that little splatter of, of black paint over his regular face paint showing yep. that yep he's still feeling the effects in some way of that mist just like Miro is um but he gives 
Malachi the bat. Malachi picks it up, looks at Sting. He's like, ah, maybe I'll do it, actually. Then he drops the bat and is like, I don't need that. And he walks away. And he, he I guess, leads Julia and Buddy away as we leave it one-on-one once again. Yep. Um, match continues. Brody comes back, slams this man on the steps, and he moves the casket over closer to ringside and sets him up on the apron. But Darby grabs Brody's chain and fights him off. And now it's time for revenge. He chokes him out like he got choked out at the uh, Royal Rampage. I, I remember that there was this one moment where like he tried to lift him up. And mm-hmm. I'm like, don't do that. Like, don't <laughs> want to make it look like it's some sort of a noose. And then I like, I don't know if this was supposed to be. I, I knew this was the ending spot, but I don't know if I if I could call this like, you know, the moment where it's like, oh, they let they did that perfectly. It's like, oh, one spot and then other spot and then flat, or you know, it was just. It was just accidental that that happened. <laughs> However, it worked. It looked perfect to me. Like Darby yokes him up, same way Brody yoked him up. Then Brody falls out straight into the casket. It closes. Closes. And the Alex. winner, Darby Allen, undefeated in coffin matches yes, yet again. The master of the coffin match. Oh, uh, and yet crazy. I, and yet I still hated the one with him and Andrade. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, I I think this one topped that one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, nothing tops him and Mr. Karate. Yeah, him and Ethan. But that's the, the – those two got crazy chemistry together. Yeah. Uh, but so do these two, honestly. This was a crazy match with uh, – I love this finish. Top-tier finish. Hoist by his own petard indeed. Uh, beautiful callback. Beautiful just the way it's centered around that whole thing with the feud between these two. I loved it. Great, great stuff. I love this little mini feud. I really enjoyed it a lot. It may have been like a little bit of a back and forth thing. Like, well, I don't know. It doesn't, it didn't even feel that way because I think this is the one time that Darby got his win back. Yeah, <laughs> this was it. Yeah, he got choked out in the Raw Rampage. He got Gonzo bombed to death by this man fucking two weeks ago at Fighter Fest 2. Um, yeah. Yeah, he got his win back here, and I'm just like, of all things, you could have Gonzo bombed this man right on the fucking table. <laughs> right? You like, that. That's what I was waiting. I was waiting for that the whole time. Cause I'm like, you have so many ways to put Darby Allen through so much agony. Here's the perfect moment. You got this table, use it. Gonzo bomb this motherfucker. No, they didn't do it. I'm like, all right, we playing it safe. Okay, cool. But no, we didn't because this man just literally bled throughout the whole fucking match. This man had the legit crimson mask. You know how Dan, uh, Max Caster said, how do you cheer Dan, uh, Dan Housen as whiteface? This, <laughs> white white this man, I could cheer for a white guy wearing whiteface with blood all over his face. Oh, yeah. it was. I can do that because, yo, the blood on this man's face, he'd look like he'd fucking kill. He looked like he could have been in the in the the Halloween movies that Rob Zombie was directing back then. Crimson Mask. He was white and black and red all over at the end of this shit. Exactly. He was truly Violence Unlimited. 
Yes, yes. He showed it in this match. Uh, yeah, and I think this, even if even though he lost this one, this feud did a lot to elevate Brody King and show what he could really do uh, as a singles guy. Yeah, so, it really did. Yeah. So um, now we got John Moxley in the back, the AEW interim world champion, and he got some smoke for that term, interim. Say, about you just call this the FYI title, you know? <laughs> Cincinnati forged in pain and how much one can endure says for two decades we've watched the last survivor of the heart dungeon and his fighting spirit and tonight I'm going to test that fighting spirit and I'm going to push him to his breaking point and Jericho if your spirit don't break then your body will I gotta admit I gotta admit I really dig the promo I was really excited for the match but when we talk about it, you're probably going to hear my thoughts about it. <laughs> okay. Um, then we go to Jericho, who who talks about bringing back Lionheart Chris Jericho tonight. He talks about being in the Heart Dungeon. Talks about Stu Hart. Says that man was a vicious violent <laughs> sadist. Says the pain that Stu put me through was something that I never wanted to think about again until tonight. You can heal a cut. You can fix a tooth. What I do to you tonight, Moxley? You're not going to be able to fix. I'm going to stress the shit out of you tonight. You know, it's so funny with this, uh, with Jericho bringing back Lionheart. He looked younger here. He did. He did. Like, he didn't have the excessive tan. Like, you know, the broken nose was probably all healed up. And he shaved. My God. Yeah, that too. He fucking shaved. Like, he really went back to his old roots. And I like. When guys do that sometimes, like, you know, when guys want to wrestle, you know, the guys that, you know, these people watched all these years ago and, you know, wanted to learn their craft, own their fucking craft. Guys wanted to wrestle Lionheart. When was the last time we've ever seen the Lionheart character? ECW One Night Stand 2005. He wrestled Lance Storm. But now we got the brackets for the AEW champion trios championship tournament. They have been revealed. <laughs> this this shit was better than the women's tag team championship <laughs> WWE. Well, shit, this is what we've been waiting for, man. This people, people, we're bringing in guys from New Japan. Uh, I believe we're bringing Ring of Honor guys in this equation too. We got yup, Dragon Lee's coming in with uh, Russian Andrade. La Facción Ingobernable is finally. I told you, TJ. I told you when we yeah. did the death before this on a recap. It's gonna fucking. I don't know if he's gonna be all elite. But since he's still working under Ring of Honor, they're going to do that. Going to have to do that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of crossovers like that, especially with Andrade trying to get together the whole gang. Yeah. So we got we got them in the tournament, like you said, Osprey and Aussie Open, uh, uh, House of Black, Dark Order, and the yep. Young Bucks, who have a partner yet to be named. And we're going to talk about that. Later on, because my God, did they pull out the continuity gem on this show? Let's talk about some crazy ass lucha shit. <laughs> <laughs> we got the Lucha Bros versus Andrade El Idolo and Roosh. Yes, La Facción Ingobernable taking on Los Lucha Brothers, Los yeah. Hermanos Luchas. Luch yeah, whatever. Yes. In a tornado tag match. Straight so first, up lucha shit. Yeah, my first thought was, did 
did, is there no DQ in this scenario? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, these, these guys are all popping off early. Roos suplexes Phoenix. Penta sling blades Andrade, and the two men left standing start going. Penta is back to regular Penta, by the way. No longer Penta. Yeah, no more Oscuro. Penta Oscuro or Obscure, whatever the fuck it was. He was like, I got to do lucha shit tonight. We going back to classic. Um, so... Phoenix comes back, hits this insane-looking tope on Andrade. Then Penta <laughs> hits Made in Japan because Shingo's back in Japan. <laughs> um, Lucha Bros go for the double fear factor, but Andrade breaks it up in the, the rules. They take control, and they send the guys outside and hit big dives of their own into the picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, then we come back. Penta makes a comeback, and Phoenix runs in for some ultra-god-tier flippy shit. He does a running leap off Penta's shoulders into a splash. That gets a near fall. Uh, then they drop LFI with dual super kicks and go for the revenge dive. And Phoenix shakes it up, Eddie Styles goes up for the frog splash. Then Andrade gets the knees up, gets a near fall. Then Andrade hits double knees in the corner on Penta, but Phoenix kicks him away. Then he eats a power bomb from Roosh. Then Penta lays out Roosh with a cutter. Then he hits a destroyer on the apron. <laughs> and then he goes for Fear Factor on the apron, but Andrade comes back and fights and then he fights Phoenix off. And then they tie Penta up in the ropes. Yeah, they tie mask. They tie like the 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 bottom part of his mask, like the little stringy part. They tied it up. And while um I think it was either Roos or Andrade, one of them was pinning Ray Phoenix. Out uh, like with without Without hesitation, he just yanks the mask off his face just to save his brother from losing the match. And I'm just like, who the fuck threw the other mask in the ring? Was that Alex? It was Alex. Alex throws him a spare mask. But Andrade catches it and grabs it and then throws it away to the crowd. So now the crowd starts chanting at whoever caught it. Throw it back. Throw it back. (laughs) And whoever caught it, I guess, didn't throw it back. Yeah, they kept move. that shit. I was like, I'm selling this shit. What are you talking yeah, about? What the fuck are you talking about? There's a worn Penta mask, man. Get out of here. Um, so then Penta's out. Uh, then they hit Andrade hits the uh, Hammerlock DDT El Idolo on Phoenix. And your boys, the Rudos, La Faccion and Gobernable, they get yep. the W. I'm uh, really, great match, <laughs> big win. Yo, this this match was just absolute insanity. Lucha shit from all four of these competitors. Indeed, this is legit. Like, we don't watch AAA, we don't watch CMLL, but when Lucha Libre comes to North America and we get the opportunity to watch it. Sit back, relax, eat a bowl of popcorn, and enjoy what you are about to fucking see here. What I want them to stop doing, honestly, is, you know, ripping the masks off of these guys. Yeah, you would, at this point, Penta being tied in the ropes by his mask has happened more than once. <laughs> now we got the Cutler Cam, the Young Bucks. They're outside of the Dark Order's locker room. They walk in where Dark Order and Hangman are hanging out. They're talking. Uh, the Bucks say, hey, we could come in peace. We don't want to cause any problems. Uh, we just wanted to thank you for what you did last week 
for, for saving us, you know. For Joe Gacy. <laughs> Peaceful resolution. Um, <laughs> Matt says, you know, my favorite time in my life, my career, everything was when all of us, the elite, were together, running up and down, creating a revolution, you know, uh, a revolution that led here, AEW. Uh, he says, you know, but over the over the time, you know, I don't know whether it was the fame or the money or whatever, but I guess I got weird and selfish and, you know, I'm sorry for that. I want to apologize for that. You know, this building that we're in tonight, it's a special place because it's a place where you won the world title. Full gear. Yeah. Full gear. We were there at ringside and, you know, we saw, we saw you win the title and we were so proud of you, but we couldn't say it at the time, even though we probably should have. You know, maybe, maybe all the people on the internet, maybe all the weirdos on the internet are on to something, and, and maybe we are bad people. You couldn't say because you guys were the fucking heels <laughs> at the time, yeah. At Says, the you know, fucking time, come on. Maybe, maybe we are bad people, but Hangman, we feel like you bring out the good in us. So, you know, you got this Trios tournament coming up, and I'm just wondering, you know, do you want to get the Hung Bucks back together? Do you want to do it? And Hangman is like, no, I thought this would happen. Uh, I would love to do it, but I can't do it. You know, a long time ago, I asked you guys to be there for me in my corner for the world title match, and you said no. No. So, you know, there's a lot of hurt over that, and I think now I'm not even going to be in the tournament. I feel like I got to be in the corner of some guys who have been in my corner the whole time. I'm going to be in the Dark Order's corner. They're going to be in the tournament. I'm going to support them like they've supported me this whole time. So, you know, maybe you guys should team with someone who you 100% trust and won't turn on you. And the Bucks are like, you know what? That's that's fair. That's okay. And they, they turn around and they walk out. And <laughs> at the door, Brandon is like, hey, you know, Hangman was talking about a guy you trust and won't turn on you. Maybe he met me. The fuck out of here. Shut up, Brandon. Turn the damn camera off. What made you think that they, like, we all know it's fucking Kenny. We all know it. Because Tony Khan did say it. I'm not going to unveil the trio's titles until Kenny Omega is 100% legit and ready to go. He unveiled the fucking trio's titles. I think we all know one thing's for sure. Next week, we're going to see La Facción in Gobernable. Get destroyed by the elite. That match is gonna if it if it really Kenny any, Omega. That shit is gonna be insane. It's going to be, and you know, I gotta say this. I gotta say this for people who watch BTE, for people who have been watching this since it wasn't even known as BTE. You know, it was just a it was just three guys talking to each other on the phone. Uh, you know, having fantasy dreams of bullshit matches that they had. You know, like Kenny super kicking a little girl, or how Nick Jackson lives in the fucking ghetto for some reason. <laughs> well, I love all of the storytelling, but the one thing I really loved about this is how the the core conflict that start that sparked the whole story and as and has fueled everything that has come since that point came up yet again here. The Bucks not being in Hangman's corner when he asked them to be. It, it It's such a solid story point 
that has led to so many of these different story beats alongside as, uh, along the course of the story in AEW. He wasn't and in their corner when he lost his first world title match to Jericho. Yep, and it's that I love that he forgives them for it, but he still hasn't forgotten. Yeah. It's like, look, Hangman, I know we've been through a lot of shit in the past, and I'm sorry if we haven't been in your corner, but this time we need you so much. We miss you now more than everybody. We need you in the elite. So how about it, buddy? One more time. We have the Hung Bucks one more time. And, you know, it just goes from, like, sappy to uh, moderate to inspirational music to, like, all right, Hung hung Bucks, Hung Bucks, Hung Bucks, Hung Bucks. And Hangman's like, no. Can't do it. (laughs) And, And the Bucks are just like, we, we we had we had the speech all set up for you. We said sorry to you. We wanted you back. Cody left us. Kenny's gone. Adam betrayed us. And they're just like, fuck Brandon. We need you. And Hangman's like, no. I'm going to be with the guys that actually stuck with me. Since day one, you know, when I was going through my drinking, you know, they stuck by me when I won the world title, even though you guys showed up. They actually showed up during my match. They actually showed up and fought for me, defended me, and cared for me, even though a lot of them left, even though Anna's with someone else. The the the, the remaining four are still my buddies, even though they're drinking like, like raging alcoholics right now. Now... We got Luchasaurus versus Anthony Henry. EPW's own Anthony Henry finna get wrecked out here. <laughs> this is, the, this is the, the work horseman kid? Yeah, from the work horseman. Okay. Um, Jungle Boy joins commentary, and he sits there. He's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be here long, but it's nice to be out here. <laughs> nice to know that he had that premonition because I wanted to ask this question. What the fuck? I'm so confused. Like I thought, I thought Luchasaurus was a baby face again. Why are we still murdering jobbers? He he liked it. He he was like, well, you know what, Jungle Boy is still my guy. But so I, when I kind of like, I, I kind of like being evil. So I, like I got it now. When Luchasaurus is a heel, he's Godzilla. But when he's a baby face, he's Reptar. And he's Jungle, Reptar. Jungle Boy's is Tommy Pickles. Yeah, yeah, boy, and his dinosaur. <laughs> so yeah, Luchasaurus destroys Anthony Henry backs him up and then afterwards we go to christian cage applauding in the back and he's like you know jungle boy i was gonna come out there and slap the shit out of you right now but the people of minneapolis minnesota don't deserve to see christian cage so jungle boy just immediately throws down his headset runs to the back goes to where christian is but security gets in his way they break it up you mean security was just standing there waiting for that shit to happen yeah, they was like, oh, no, we're not allowed this. <laughs> like, we got to wait for our cue. We got to wait for our cue, guys. Yeah. So then they, they grab up Jungle Boy. Then Luchasaurus runs back there, and he kills all the security guards. But Christian escapes. He gets away. And then Pat Buck runs up, and he fucking eats a headbutt from Luchasaurus. And he's down. <laughs> and Jungle Boy's like, oh, shit, check on him. Check on him. He's like, that's what you get for quitting the night after Mania. Just to, <laughs> just to go be with your family for 10 days and then come back to wrestling. It's mm-hmm. another promotion. Yeah, now you're getting knocked out by dinosaurs. You know what I was expecting here, and I, I feel like I'm gonna take six. I'm gonna I'm gonna take six aside here. This is what I was expecting. 
I was waiting for Tomko to fucking debut already <laughs> with all the barrage of security there. That would have been the perfect time for Luchasaurus to get big booted in the fucking head by Tomko. Yo, if Tomko shows up, that's great. I'm gonna pop so big. <laughs> Yo, everybody will get will give that man a huge fucking pop. Because how long how long is it? We haven't seen that man since TNA. But how long has it been? Like fucking 15 years? Yeah, that has been a minute since we've seen Tomko, man. Jesus. I think he's, it, this, did he retire after that? I think he retired. I you know, again, the guys could say that they can retire, but then all of a sudden they want to just come back for some reason. Right? Like, be still that's in I shape. Say, that's why I say never like, say never with Vince. He could say he's retired, but sooner or later. Shit, if I was Tom Crow, I'd, I'd be I'd be ready. Like, I'd be waiting for that call. Like, yo, Christian is doing some crazy shit on TV. He might need me. <laughs> now we got Miro speaking to the House of Black. Says, my God, I see your pagans have bestowed their own gifts upon me. What am I to do with this, my God? And then Julia walks up. I thought that was Lana. <laughs> I Whoa. really thought that was Lana. Well, Julia, she asked him, you know, you should join us. Accept our gifts. Join us. And she grabs his beard and touches his face. And Miro says, there is only one woman allowed to touch the Redeemer. And you are not her. Ah! <laughs> so Lana is always on his mind. And then he's a loyal, faithful husband. He says, yes. you go back to your pagans. And you tell them that I accept your gifts and I will use them to destroy you. He said he's coming for the House of Black. You know she's going to be the one to kick God out of his heaven gate, right? <laughs> the minute the minute uh, Miro puts God in the game over, she's going to kick him right out of the gates. <laughs> he said he was he's going to evict God from his fucking home, so... Yeah, he's still he's still coming for God. He he got to deal with the pagans first, the House of Black. But then after he deal with them, he's still coming for you guys. Yeah, those tarot pagans and shit. My yeah. God. So Miro, he he will not be swayed by by the mist. Yep. Uh, now we got the factory. <laughs> they approach Powerhouse Hobbs backstage. Why the fuck did Nick Camarado look like? Donnie D for a minute with the with, with the fucking two dimes guy with him. Yeah, they got Cole Carter in there now too. He what? must have been. You should wear this, Nick Camarado. I think it'd look great on you. <laughs> I'm like, yo, the mock, the mockery, the mockery. I bet right now Bruce Pritchard is looking at his TV and he sees this shit and he sees the factor and he's like, I. You, you remember Vicky from the Fairly Odd Parents, the babysitter? Vicky, Vicky, yes, yes. So he he watches AEW. He sees the factory. And he's like, I hate you. He sees Nick Camarado look like Tony D. He's like, Stop mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, shit. <laughs> Got my rule over here. Come on. <laughs> no, but no, seriously, it's like this man. It, like he looked. He had the Tony D look, but he also kind of looked like. If Godfather gave him the role of the pimp, yeah, he was. He was looking a little pimping with all with all that blue on. Like uh, Nick Camarado is those is one of those guys that shouldn't be in wrestling. Like this is not his genre. You know, you want to know what his real sporting genre is? What? 
slap competitions. Open <laughs> hand slap competitions. He probably would kill him. He, he would. <laughs> he <laughs> would. He would. I would see him being trained by, I don't know, Sylvester Turkai and Juicin Thunder Lion and uh-huh, palm strike the fuck out of someone. Oh, yeah. Camarado, yeah, yeah, unique looking dude, though. I like him. <laughs> um, so Hobbs is, yeah, he's like, man, because they tell him, yeah, we're going to take care of Ricky Starks for you tonight, Hobbs. And then Hobbs is like, man, you better not make your problem become my problem. And he just steps away from them to, to watch TV. <laughs> now, <laughs> man, y'all better do your job. Man, I'm going to watch don't TV. Piss off Hobbs, yeah. Hobbs is the kind of guy that you don't want in your prison dormitory because if he has the remote in the day room and you ask for it, he'll fucking gnaw the shit out of you. Yeah, no. <laughs> if Hobbs want to watch TV, Hobbs is watching TV. That's the yeah. That man, that man is probably gonna have the Judge Judy on for fucking hours. <laughs> that's how that's rocking. Especially um, if you if you're rocking it in the daytime. That's a fact. Uh, now we got Jay Lethal, uh, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh coming down to the ring. Uh, Sanjay grabs the mic, bragging about what they did to Wardlow at Battle of the Belts. And then he says, we're not done with him either. You know, Lethal says, Wardlow, you're going to defend that title against me again. And we're going to come find you, and we're going to take it from you. And then Wardlow, he not having these threats. <laughs> this man what? comes down to the ring, and he's like, you want another match, Lethal? You got it. But in the meantime... I'm going to beat all three all of your asses. asses. <laughs> he walks down the aisle and whose music happens to, you know, pop up. But motherfucking FTR, the pinnacle is back for two minutes. Pinnacle boys reuniting. Yep. They, they beat down Lethal and, and he and the crew, they have to retreat. And the pinnacle standing tall, all with seeing all their the, belts. Yeah, with all the gold, seeing with, with all the fucking gold. It is a beautiful sight to behold right there. Yeah, man. It's amazing. They, they, that's a trio right there. They're not in the tournament, but that's a trio right there. Shit. Yeah, that is. That is. I mean, if they ever do bring back the pinnacle, if it has to just be those three, we know MJF's situation. He's worked MIA, and Sean Spears is about to be a dad. Yes. Which I don't even... I mean, yeah, congrats to the man and congrats to, to, to his lovely, iconic wife. Yes, Cassie Lee. Yes, Cassie Lee. But yeah, if they ever if they ever wanted to bring back another faction, they could bring back the pinnacle as baby faces. Just those three, just FTR and Wardlow. We got Tony with the Jazz 2.0 and a J. Anna J.A.S. <laughs> and fucking Daniel Garcia. Uh, they once again say, you know, Chris Jericho is once again becoming Le Champion tonight. Says, you know, we got everything in the back. We got the hors d'oeuvres. We got all the party favors. We even got a little bit of the bubbly. So, oh, really? Damn. Yes. I, are they still selling that shit? Because I'm about to buy another box. Yes. If it's two for 45 still, you got a deal, Jericho. Yeah, shit. I might, I might give me a little bit of the box. You know, honestly, like it, the, I still have the um the other two boxes that I got two years ago. Well, the other two bottles, they're still empty. I, I drank them like a few Wrestle Kingdoms ago and shit. Ah. This, I think this was like before the whole COVID thing struck. Man. So yeah, the the shit is still. It's really good. It really is good. It I is a all out legit 
Champagne drink. Yeah, I might do the same thing. Maybe next check. I gotta I gotta get my Dan Housing merch. Yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. for the next one. Yeah. But um yeah, the, the if we got the jazz talking their shit. Uh he says, you know, AW Galaxy, it's time for you to appreciate us. And then Daniel Garcia's like, and I'm the fucking dragon slayer. And then Anna J is like, hey, you don't think he's the dragon slayer? I'm gonna choke you out. And she goes and just chokes chokes out some poor woman. <laughs> <laughs> good, just go with, with, with <coughs> everybody's yeah. just bringing out their killer instinct, huh? Yeah, yeah. Between her, here, Rhea Ripley, and WWE, these women then lost their minds. They just beating the hell out of everybody they see. It's like nobody, nobody has a safe word when they get assaulted by women. <laughs> no, they they just go. They just en- they just enjoy it. They yeah. just sit there and enjoy it. The whole world jealous of Dominic Mysterio. Now people are going to be jealous of Anna Jay's victim of the week. <laughs> we got Aaron Solo of the factory. That's my homie Aaron Solo versus Absolute Ricky Starks. Didn't, didn't he have didn't he have a fling with Bailey? He was once engaged to Bailey, but they Oh yeah, him. that's that's the man's right there. That's the man. He almost had it. He, he almost, almost had them had buns, it. but he was he was almost up. my enemy for life, but no longer. We we all right now. Ah, uh, yeah, that you got you guys are cool now. Yeah, we cool now. He was gonna be my enemy for life for a second, but we all right. Um, we got a nice little video package detailing the history between Aaron Solo and, and Ricky Starks, the former tag team partners used to live together. Uh, they, they were rocking for a while, but and with that, they were trying to recruit Ricky to the factory. And Ricky was like, No, thank you. Um, early on in this match. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw the spot with Hobbs. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you go. Hobbs is a wild man. Uh, early on, Paul Carter, the newest member of the factory, he tries to interfere, but he's caught and thrown out by the referee. This dumbass, he just came down, didn't even wait until the referee was looking away. He was just like, oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> and then the ref was like, get the fuck out of here, man. And he's gone. Um, then Ricky makes a comeback, hits a tornado DDT. He goes for the Rochambeau, but Solo stuffs it. Ricky hits the ropes. Solo goes for a boot, but Ricky sidesteps that. Then pops this man with the big spear. The finish sequence of this match looked really good. Uh, for the one, two, and three, Starks wins. But now, here comes Camarado down the ramp. Uh, and he eats a spine buster. Played for like, about this, for this man, this this man picked him up for a motherfucking spot. He pulled out the Glock on Nick Camarado. He did. He did. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, he goes for Rochambeau, but they cut him off, and then he sees that the numbers are not in his favor, so he escapes through the crowd. And then we see Hobbs in the back watching, looking angry like this motherfucker think he DDP now. He throws down the television. He just yanks the shit off of its fucking hinges, lifts it up gorilla press style, and just chucks it. <laughs> now nobody watching TV. Fuck out of here. Yeah, no. You, fuck nobody watching TV. You just put everybody on permanent fucking lockdown now. But <laughs> destroying correctional property. Like, man, it lost his mind. The fuck? I just like, look, Will, I love you and all. I, I would love to give you all my commissary. But it was not worth for you destroying the TV just because somebody wanted to watch a baseball game because the Kardashians <laughs> are boring. 
I get it. I get it, bro. But it's jail. It's fucking your mind up. You gotta, you gotta relax yourself, B. <laughs> um, now we got Lexi with the gun club. Uh, Billy is pissed off with you. You guys ruined the only match that I made famous. How could you lose this match? <laughs> oh, the, the, the JR said it best all those years ago. I think it was 1997. At least they learn how to fall. Right. <laughs> At least they learn how to fall. Uh, it stoked me out the way he walks up. He's like, hey, grandpa ass. <laughs> I think over in shirt, over in, in catering, they got some insure. How about you take a sip of that? And take Yo, your old ass home. First of all, Stokely halfway. I I, I want to throw my little tidbit real quick on that dumpster match from last week. But first of all, Stokely halfway. Fuck you. I love insure dick. <laughs> all right. That is my breakfast. If I can't have fucking coffee in the morning, insure is the one thing that is going to satisfy my fucking need. All right. Uh, the fucking dumpster match. There should have never been a goddamn crash pad there. There wasn't a crash pad in the 90s. And, you know, they weren't going to get that fucking hurt. They're inside of a dumpster. Yeah, well, you know, Mick Foley and Terry Folk were crazy. <laughs> they, they, they was down with whatever. They're trying to keep, I can respect them trying to keep it a little bit safer. <laughs> and then Billy's like, listen, I got you guys a match on Rampage to make up for this. So you better win that. And then Dan Housen, he pops in. And he's like, oh, yes, Ash Boys. Ash Boys, I see you Friday. Yes, you'll be facing me. And the big bearded fellow. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric Redbeard is yeah. going to be making his return. Eric Redbeard will be on Rampage. Beardhausen, <laughs> as they're called, will be teaming together on Friday uh, to take on the Ass Boys, the Gun Club. Meanwhile, Triple H is sitting in his office thinking about the return of a Wyatt family reunion. What the hell? <laughs> Tony was like, psych. <laughs> That's the wrong <right> number. <laughs> um, now... We got Tony with the best friends. And Tony's like, ah, the best friends, they wanted to show me something. So, guys, what is it that you wanted to show me? And then Orange is like, all right, watch this. And then he turns around and starts high-fiving fucking Drunken Trent. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're interrupted by the Trust Busters, <laughs> who are Aria Davari, <laughs> Parker Bordreau, and Slim J. <laughs> One of these is not like the others. I cannot believe that Slim J is in a national wrestling promotion in 2022. That's crazy. I love it. This guy was a ring of honor, right? He was a ring of honor. He's a ring of honor alum. And that's just the very beginning. This man was in NWA all throughout the 2000s. That's crazy. And here he is on a national syndicate network television program. That's wild to me. You, you, you scratch your head on moments like that. You scratch guess, your head on that. It's like, how the fuck did he end up on here? I guess that's the clout of Arya Davari, the richest man in pro wrestling, as he and says. Once again, look, Harland, Harland, Harland. Before I decide to call you by your real name. Yes. Why in the fuck are you on these Dynamite shows? You're not ready. You're not. <laughs> you barely wrestled in NXT. I don't even remember you having a match. And if you did, it, pro it was probably forgettable. Well, he's been wrestling on Dark, and I, I, Tony's liked him enough to be doing something with him. I don't even watch that shit. 
I saw his first dark match. It wasn't bad. Again, was when bad. when you live in a when you live in a world where there's too much wrestling seven days out of the week, and one of those days out of the week, there's like multiple promotions being put on. Like Monday, it'll be like, oh, this promotion, this promotion, this promotion. And most of those will be online while everyone else is focused on what the hell is on TV. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep up with. <laughs> so I understand. Uh, but yeah, D- D's been working and now he's here. And Arya Davari wants Orange to join them. And Orange is like, man, whatever you want, the answer is no. And, and Arya Davari is like, you'll pay for that. I'm the richest man in pro wrestling. And he walks off. <laughs> How many people are trying to get people in factions now? The factory are trying to get people in. Now the, the trust busters are trying. Well, what the fuck? That's a stupid name. We got these trios titles now. So it's like, we got it. We got to level up. Now, we got the TBS championship on the line. Jade Cargill defends against Madison Rain. Yeah. My all-time favorite knockout. I'm not going to lie. She came out with a tiara on, and I was tight that she's not doing a prom queen gimmick. I'm like, Madison. Yes, I was tight that she didn't come out with the killer queen uh, theme song. I'm like, you came out with the tiara. You have the corsage. You have the, you know, the little long, you know, long dress. You're making your, this is like a homecoming for you, for AEW. And really, you're not coming out to kill a queen. I'm not gonna wave on him. Come on, you're not you're not gonna do all this. Come on, Madison. Like best. You know, because of all that, she is she was the reason why she was like my top one knockouts wrestler in TNA. That was my favorite Madison run. Next to Gail and Awesome Kong. And you know, I you know, to throw her in there, I'll get I'll give Tara her credit because she actually made that division look you know, good. Yeah. The knockouts were always, man, they were rocking, man. Fucking Terrence Rowe went over there and, and, and started having good matches. Like, it was the knockouts were, were they were that before before WWE started really getting with it with women's wrestling. That's where you that's where you would go for mainstream big-time women's wrestling. The I just want to beat Josh Matthews with a foghorn leghorn chicken leg. <laughs> I understand. Fucking that. asshole. You stole the women of my dreams. Fucking Jade pats her in the head. Madison swats her away. Then Kira Hogan distracts her. And then Jade hits a big-ass spear into picture-in-picture. Picture. Uh, then we come out of the break. Uh, Jade hits a stalling suplex for a near fall. Madison comes back with some neck breakers. Then Jade lifts her up, but Madison spikes her with a DDT. That gets a near fall. Kira Hogan gets up on the apron again. Madison ducks out of the way. And then Jade takes Kira, off the, Kira Hogan off the apron with a big boot. So then Madison comes back, but Jade reverses, takes that opportunity to lift her up, hit Jade and drop her for the one, two, and three. Jade had a long heat segment in this match. It probably shouldn't have been as long as it was, but... I get that they wanted to give Madison a good showcase match. I'm fine with how how long the match was because this was basically Madison Rain telling Jay Cargill, "Welcome to school, bitch." Yeah, yeah. Because she is going to be the head coach of the AEW Women's Division. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the, she had a match at Rampage, and now she had a match on Dynamite. She can mark those off her bucket list. She never has to wrestle again. She can now work on the women here on this roster 
And right here with Jade, I think I'm not going to say, honestly, this was Jade's best match, but this was Jade's best hard working match because I think she worked hard against yeah, Jade you know, definitely worked hard a 10 plus year veteran in the game right now being Madison Rain. And I give brownie points to Jade for, you know, sticking, you know, basically staying for as long as possible throughout that match. Honestly, like she, I know that she has the potential to have lengthy matches. She doesn't have to have five minute matches, six minute matches. She doesn't have to be treated like a female Goldberg. We can actually treat her as legitimate threat, as legitimate powerhouse, as legitimate women's wrestler next to the AW women's world champion Thunder Rosa. Because at the point at this point right now, Jade is at the top of her game. And this match proved that little by little she's learned a lot from Madison Rain here. Definitely. And I I'm actually proud of what uh Jade got to do here. Yeah. She did a really good job. 36 she- and 0 I don't care. Let's keep it going. It most like most likely it's gonna come down to Chris Statlander and Athena. To, yeah. To um speaking of Athena, post match, yeah. Jade is celebrating Athena is the ring. Excalibur said Athena was disguised as a baddie. <laughs> She's like what? Uh, yeah, so yeah, she attacks Jade, uh, but Kira Hogan saves her, and they walk off up the ramp. Uh, Excalibur meant no harm in disguised disguised as a baddie because she literally dressed up as someone who would be in the baddie section. But Athena is, without question, a baddie. Yes, she doesn't have to dress all sexy to look like a baddie. She is a baddie, but when she does dress sexy, she wears sexy well. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so notice how there's there's some new things that they're doing in AEW since AEW is seeing the new things that WWE are doing. AEW now has title graphics for every time a championship match takes place. They do, it's, which I like. I really enjoy that. You know, it doesn't have to be you know the the all time like crazy million dollar V uh. VR graphics that WWE has with all their fucking title belts and shit. It doesn't have to be like that all the time. You know, you don't have to waste all your money on all that technology. All you have to do is do is do some of your crazy, you know, wacky effects. Bring the uh, have just have a picture of the belt, present it, Photoshop the fuck out of it, present it, uh, present the like AEW Women's World Title, all that shit. I enjoy that. I enjoy the hell out of that. It shows that, you know, even with a budget like AEW, they can still do minor things like this and make it feel interesting. Yeah, and sometimes that's all you need, like just a small bit of seasoning and that that beefs up the whole presentation. It makes it that much more flavorful. So, yeah, it, it, it was a good addition. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, now we got Tony with Thunderstorm. Uh, he announces that Chris Statlander is injured. She hurt her knee. So she'll be out for an indeterminate period of time, which leaves Tony Storm as number one contender for the women's championship. So both Tony and Rose are like, well, I didn't think it comes to this this soon, uh, you know. But Tony says, you know, I, I do respect you and I'm going to be in your corner. But we both know that my number one goal here is to be women's champion. And Wait, Rick Breaker is injured? 
No, Chris Stanley is injured. Oh, oh, damn. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, she right. me. But uh, yeah, uh, Thunder Roses says, you know, you know, I'm glad you're being my corner, but as far as the title goes, I guess we'll have to talk about that another time. <clears throat> oh, rematch? Talking about rematches? Yeah, they might we might be heading up for a rematch soon enough with, with Tony, Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa. And it looks like there's been enough talk. It's time for the main event. AEW interim world championship on the line. Lionheart Chris Jericho. No, no, no. You got you got you gotta got say you gotta say it like this. Lion Heart. You should because this man came out to Electric Head Part Two <laughs> by fucking <laughs> by White Zombie, his ECW theme, his former yes! Japan theme. ECW. EC Dump, EC Dump, EC Dump, let's go. My fucking God. You want to talk about the nostalgia? Holy shit. They know how to bring the nostalgia directly to your brain when you're watching this on TV. It's like you want to shed a tear on the fact that the guy that you watched all these years ago is coming back to AEW. For one night, we don't even know if this is a one night only thing. Like, how many times did he bring back the Painmaker in AEW? Yeah. No, Jericho loves reinventing himself. There's always going to be another, like, you, it could be a one and done thing, or maybe in the next three years, we'll see it. We'll see another Lionheart return. It's, this is and I and I I say it every time they do something like this, but this is one of the reasons I love AEW because we got a major pro wrestling company that actively pays homage to things of the past like this. Like he, having them come out in the gear with the look, with the theme, like the fact that Tony Khan he really goes for it when he tries to do shit like this. He will pay for that theme to 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 get it in. He will do what right. it takes to to revive that presentation because he wants you to know this is Lionheart Chris Jericho when he did it for CM Punk. This is that CM Punk from the Ring of Honor days. Like it's so cool. And if you're a fan of the history of pro wrestling, or, or like you said, if you were actually watching back then, let me remind you. Of his history. I'm sorry, TJ. I'm, no, I'm no, sorry, no, no. About, but I have to remind everyone of this man's history. Let's bring it back. Wrestling and romance. FMW. The IWA. The Europe tour. The Germany tours. The Japan tours. The Mexico tours. He got the name Lionheart because of guys like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit as Black Tiger and the Pegasus Kid because they were named as wild animals. And these guys acted like wild animals in the ring because we all know Shinihun Poresu's history, the strong style. Come on, man. This guy has done it all, the DDT stuff. I literally mentioned a promotion that a lot of people probably have never heard of or probably don't know what it is. Nobody doesn't know what wrestling and romance was. You guys don't know war. War. I'm not, look. I'm not that's trying to say this like Gato, I'm right? some. Yep, yep. That's where he met Gato. That's where he originally met Gato, and that's where 
he started his friendship. That was his very first friend in Japan. Yep. You know, Gato got him. I'm not going to say Gato got him to the promised land, but he got him where he needed to be. Yeah, it it got him to WCW. Yeah. And it, it, it's just, it's incredible to see here, like, the, the committal to it. <laughs> In the beginning, Jericho's even consulting the list of a thousand and four holes. He's starting off with arm drags. Arm bars! <laughs> he looked so, it, it really was like Jericho turned the clock back for this one, man. He looked so good in there. There's a big Let's Go Moxley Lionheart chant. Like, uh, it starts off with a bunch of people chanting Y2J, but, like, the rest of the crowd is like, yo, he's Lionheart right now, bro. Like, yeah. did you not hear the theme? Come on now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, yeah, let's go Moxley, Lionheart. Uh, and early on, Jericho is out-wrestling Mox because the last survivor of the Heart Dungeon. This is this is Lionheart. Yeah. He does this. Uh, so Mox is pissed off with that. He attacks Jericho, but Jericho takes him over into a submission. He grabs Mox's head. And then rips out his earring. Crowd chants, you sick fuck. You sick fuck. Because, yes, this is now ECW. They played ECW. This is now ECW. After the ripping of the ear and Moxley taking forever to blade his own goddamn ear. Because I saw it. I saw it. He like They cut to him at least three times just doing this. Yeah. I'm like, God damn! Can you guys can can you guys not state the obvious that he's doing that? Right after, right after the, right after that spot though. The crowd died. Yeah, it, it died for a second. It went quiet, and this is the and this is the reason. This is the reason that I told you I was gonna tell you why I had a bad feeling about this match. I think the match slowed down after that, but I think they definitely came back because they were going to keep going. We, we come out of the commercial. Jericho, it's a butterfly backbreaker and a lion salt for the near fall. And then Mox, you change him into the Juju Katami. And then he goes to an ankle lock, but Jericho breaks free and then gets German suplex. But then Jericho shows some fighting spirit and then he hits his own German suplex. And this is where the crowd starts to pick back up because now they're going again. Yeah. old when Mox was blading his ear, but after that, it starts going again. Uh, Jericho at the top row, Brana, that gets a near fall. And then he puts on the walls of Jericho. And we got a picture in picture during the walls of Jericho, which was crazy to me. I was like, nah, you can't do this. <laughs> so I thought you were watching it on the fight app because I was. I didn't get picture in picture. I was. I was. I was like, you can't go to commercial during this, even though I knew I was still going to be able to see what was going on. And then. Here's the thing that makes it even crazier. The entire commercial break is Jericho holding Moxley in the walls. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like a conduction of the throughout, crowd. Throughout like 90 crowd seconds. Up and down he did and not up and down. Move. He did not move for those 90 seconds. He held Moxley on the walls. Not the line tamer. Not the fucking full-on Boston Crab. Just the walls of Jericho. At first I hated it because I was like, man, you can't have the walls on this dude for like three whole minutes. But then I turned around on it once we came back and Mox starts finally fighting towards the ropes and the crowd got loud as shit. I was like, oh no, okay, this worked. 
This 100% mm-hmm. worked. I was wrong. And when Mox got the ropes, crowd popped huge. Oh, hell yeah. Man. Hell yeah, indeed. This That right there to me is when I knew the crowd was starting to come back. Because this is the thing. I know that like sometimes guys don't mesh together. But there's some moments where like not the whole match needs to mesh. There has to be some parts of it where they like, okay, they meshed here. They meshed there. That was pretty good. But the whole match was bleh. That's how I saw it. But, my God, it was getting a bit better. And then, you know, oh, my God, you know, I always get scared with Jericho for his age. And, you know, does a fucking line saw. I'm like, damn, you still got it. You still? But damn, you, damn you're going to scare me. You're going to scare me one day, man. You're going to scare me to the point where you're going – at your age, you're going to slip on the fucking lion saw and you might land very hard on your head. I like that's this is why I'm so I appreciate Jericho not doing the lion saw every time he's in a match. Like he knows he knows his limit. He pulls it out when it's necessary, when if it's like for nostalgia purposes, or if he needs something in his arsenal that. The remind people he used to actually beat people with the lion salt before the walls. Okay, the walls was like his second option. All right, he didn't have the code breaker or the you know the backhand, the Judas effect. A moonsault was his finisher, and he used to beat a lot of people with that. He beat the rock, he beat Austin one night at vengeance to become the undisputed champion. Yes. So a lot of people could say like, oh, the lion saw has gone stale. No, it hasn't. It will never, it will never go out of style. It only comes back every once in a while, not every week. Would you rather have Jericho do that shit every week? No, that's unsafe. Uh, Jericho, he he knows he 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 understands when when it's appropriate to do shit and when it's appropriate to leave shit in the bag. He understands that as well as anybody. Yeah. Um so now Jericho's going to the corner. He rips off the turnbuckle cover from one corner. So then Aubrey, she goes over and grabs it and puts it back on. Then Jericho goes to the other corner and grabs that turnbuckle cover and rips that one off. He throws it outside. So Aubrey goes outside to get it. And then we see fucking Floyd, the bat, fly into the ring over Jericho's <laughs> head <laughs> onto the mat to the outside. I guess Jericho like, missed his cue to catch it or he, he just missed. Yeah, I guess Sammy overthrew him or some shit, and, and, and Jericho had to run outside to get the bat. By the time he's back in the ring, Aubrey's back in the ring because I guess she expected the spot to go smoother than that. So now she has to turn away so that she doesn't see Jericho using the bat. Yeah. Oh, and congratulations to Sammy Gabora and Ty Conti for now being married and shit. Yes. They just didn't go to the honeymoon, though. They just said, yeah, fuck children. We're just going to go do our work. Yeah, we're going to go back to work. That's how we Because we're the sports entertainers. Goddamn sports entertainers. So, yeah, uh, he pins him off the bat shot. One, two, he got him. No. Then Jericho hits the Judas effect for the one, two, he got Got him. him. No. No. And JR at this point is like, my God. I don't think anybody's ever kicked out of the Judas effect, which I think is true. 
Yeah, no one's ever kicked out. No one. Yeah. Nobody. It's like, it's like, has anyone ever kicked out of the one wing angel? No. But Moxie was like, <laughs> technically, <so>, Kenny <Kenny> Omega. <laughs> it's like, so uh, I, 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 I see you got a backhand that nobody kicks out of. Huh? Jerry goes like, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I can't wait to kick out of that shit now. <laughs> I can't wait to kick out of your finish, brother. <laughs> and he surely does. Oh, crowd starts chanting for the AW video game as Jericho grabs the belt. I fucking hate the cover <laughs> for the video game. <laughs> Six didn't like it either. <laughs> I hate it. It just looks like something that they took from Deviant Art. Yeah. It's like I said, I don't really care because. I'm not buying the physical copy. I'm, buying I'm, physical. I'm, I'm not going to get the physical copy either, but it's also like that's still going to pop up on the menu. Yeah, it might still be the uh, startup screen thing. So if it's in that case, I'll be like, all right, I could have did better with Discovery. Change I'm, hope, I'm just it. hoping that's a prototype and they just fucking pull out the official box art for the fucking game. Yeah. So, uh, but it, yeah, it is what it is there. Um, so they're chanting fight forever. Jericho grabs the belt. He rushes Mox, but Mox dodges, sends him into the exposed buckle, then goes for the bulldog choke. But Jericho reverses, gets him down into the lion tamer. Real shit, lion tamer. Lion tamer! Lion tamer! And now Jericho is bleeding, and Jericho is gushing blood. That oh shit is God. like squirting out of his forehead. I'm like, God damn. Like, so, what is this, CZ dub? Shit, it was looking like it for a second. <laughs> Uh, then Mox comes in, reverses, locks in a rear naked chokehold, pulls Jericho back, grapevines him, and then Jericho has no choice but to but submit to out. He submits to the rear naked. The la- the last graduate of the Hart family dungeon had to submit. Mox said, "I'm either gonna break your spirit, or I'm gonna break your body." Again, name me one time. Jericho actually submitted in his career. There probably are some that exist, but I can't think of too many. Yeah, because, the, the, again, there are just too many to describe because not only are you going to have to go back to his WWE stuff, you have to go back to, like, from when he first started wrestling. Everything you – all the promotions you mentioned at the beginning of the match, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if you read Jericho's books, you know that there are way more promotions than what I just mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot more. Okay, I meant I mentioned you know he wrestled in Germany, maybe in Russia and all that shit, but I don't know any German promotions or Russian promotions, and I don't even I think I don't even want to know. <laughs> Might be some cool shit going on in Germany. Uh, um, well, yeah, the 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 WXW. Shit. Oh yeah, yeah, WXW is Germany. That yeah. that I can understand, but I'm talking about like what back then, like in the nineties. Yeah, I, don't yeah, know yeah. I, I don't know what was going on in the 90s in Germany. Um, but yeah, post-match, um, the, the Jast runs down. They beat down Mox. But the BCC runs down for the save, and the WCW brawl kicks off. Uh, then we got the rest of the, the Jast coming down, and the brawl is going on. And then the music hits. <laughs> and I'm like... No fucking way! It's fucking punk! I'm like, shit, it's over. It's over. We're finally going to get the match. But I'm like, I just saw the footage from San Diego Comic-Con because people send me footage of this stuff because they think they're like, oh, like, 
you go to Comic Con, right? Like, I I don't go on a regular occasion, but you know, when you send me stuff that involves wrestling, I'll watch it. Punk said that he was still learning how to walk. You know, the foot was completely fractured. So it was like, you think he worked us? Yeah, it seems like he was working. Uh, at the end, he he put some extra weight on the foot and seemed to be fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's doing a Christian. He worked that. He's just working everyone. <laughs> worked everyone. He took he 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 saw Christian Cage and took that to heart. Yeah, like he's this like, man's... you know what? He's right. <laughs> he's right, but he's still in my ROH gimmick. Right. <laughs> Facts. Uh, but Punk, he sends everybody packing, and then it's him and Mox. Face to face in the ring, and Mox just flips him the bird. Mox says, "Fuck you, this shit mine," and he walks off. And Punk is left alone in the ring, celebrating his big return, and that's dynamite. Um, I thought this main event was top fucking. I love this main event. I thought it was great. Um, Jericho, this was one of those Jericho performances where you got to sit back at after it and be like, yeah, he's really one of the greatest to ever do this shit. Mm-hmm. He really is. Like the fact that in his fifties, he's able to turn back the clock and crank out a match like this is is a second to none ability of his. And the fact that he he can still do these these big main event type matches and and looks like he every bit belongs. Everything Jericho has been doing lately ain't perfect, but when it hits, it hits. And this hit for me, I thought yeah. this was great. Um, I thought this whole show was pretty fucking fun. It's always the weird name ones that end up really good. Quake at the lake, great balls of fire. <laughs> it shit just works. So, stomping grounds. Stomping grounds. Uh, if it's if it's got a weird name, it might be a really good show. Man, I think, you know, we're going to come back next year and talk about this shit and still scratch our heads on what the fuck is Quake by the Lake still. I'll be quaking by the lake. What's going on? Look, the main event was was a stellar main event. Maybe I just didn't like the middle part because the crowd was dead. And because I I, I just and because I just went back to the chemistry that these two had before in their last two encounters and it just didn't feel right. But the ending of the show, that's how you fucking end the show. Now we don't have we don't have to literally ask ourselves, is CM Punk ever gonna make it back in time for all out? He just made his return. He just stared Moxley in the face. We now know what's officially gonna happen. So people, I hope you saved up your money to actually buy this shit on pay-per-view because you're gonna see a bloody spectacle in the main event. These two men are, you know, they're literally going to bleed. These two men are going to bleed. It's Moxley. It's Punk. You know there's going to be some outlaw fucking mud show shit from Moxley (laughs) along with some, you know, actual territorial, you know, street fighting kick-assery from CM Punk. It's just... I think everyone wants to see this. They want to see this. They really do. Because maybe they want to erase the memory of the match they had on SmackDown, that infamous match where Punk shit his pants. Uh, 
Because that that's that's him and Dean Ambrose, because that's where it happened on that SmackDown. It was. It really was. Maybe they want to erase that memory of Punk shitting, uh, uh, shitting on himself on a SmackDown taping. Well, yeah, Who, this will be the perfect way. That could be the perfect way. Who knows? At the end, we are seeing an entirely different John Moxley. We are seeing somewhat of the same CM Punk, but all it comes down to is how they're going to sell on the mic. How they're going to sell this match. And the minute that this match starts and this bell rings, how are they going to sell us to that? That's what I'm waiting for. Because like I said, this match is going to be 100% a bloody spectacle from both of these competitors. So be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah. I, the rest of the show was great. It was. It was. I've, I've seen people saying, you know, I've seen CM Punk versus Dean Ambrose. Yeah, sure. You ain't seen CM Punk versus John Moxley. You did this is this is a different situation from that. So yeah, you're ready. Let's get Tony Khan off of the drugs and stop naming shows after random things. Like what's next? Uh, 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 um, think of something, CJ. I can't think of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking raucous by the caucus or some shit. What's know. next? Uh, home run derby. Home run derby. <laughs> AEW All Star Weekend. I'm like, Man. just call it Star Casting, dumbass. Yeah. Battle by the cattle. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, the feast or fire. The fe- oh, no, no, no. Stay away from <laughs> feast or fire. <laughs> <laughs> Stay far, far away. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's dynamite. Uh, a fun show. A uh, good setup, good AEW starting to get back a lot of the top guys that they've lost, and with the the hint coming that Kenny Omega may be back next week, they got yeah. a major hook on top of a major hook of CM Punk already being back. The great one, why don't you let all the Ramble Maniacs and your BC Aliens where to find us? Of course, yeah, yeah. you already know where to find us. Find us on Instagram. At Ramble Mania Show and at Banter Club Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Ramble Mania, Facebook.com slash Ramble Mania Show. Also, find our group there, Ramble Mania Show's Banter Club, will be any other wrestlers, podcasters, everybody we associate with, post all the goings on, all that's going down. As far as audio goes, wherever audio is found, that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, Overcast, everywhere your podcasts are found, search Ramble Mania Show or Banter Club. Uh, as far as visuals, we are. Twitch.tv slash Ramble Mania Show, Spotify video, look us up on YouTube, Ramble Mania Show, Advanced Club. When you get here, like the videos, click subscribe and click the bell so that when the new content drops, it goes straight to, to you. That's for me personally. Find me on Instagram at TJ the Great One. That's TJ the GR, the number eight, the number one. And find me on Twitter at TJ the Great. That's TJ the GR, the number eight. It's as simple as that. TJ the Great. And you can find me on Instagram at iZombies, double I-Z-O-M-B, double I-E-S-Z. Yeah, I'll probably be back next week with TJ talking about another Dynamite and all that stuff. It's going to be really fun doing this shit. For TJ the Great, I am here with the iZombie. This has been Banter Club's Dynamite Recap. We would like to wish all the Ramble Maniacs and the BC Aliens a port and goodies. 
here. Ain't too fucking sweet. And a good fight. And a good night.